0: Uh, We celebrate Christmas and it's always a wonderful time, but we can't compare Christmas to Easter because on Christmas Day, at least according to our records, he was born. But on Easter Day, Resurrection Sunday, he rose from the dead. Jesus, the only human being who died, rose and is alive forevermore. All other men died And eventually, they had to die, but Jesus died once, rose again, and is alive forevermore. And we're here today celebrating the victory, celebrating the the fact that Jesus Christ rose. Jesus Christ is seated on the right hand of the Father. Death has lost its victory. Grave has been denied. Jesus is risen again. Praise the name of the Lord. Before I go into the message that the Lord has for us, I just want to share with us and to give it this testimony to the glory of God. Last weekend was our three days of praying and fasting, and the Lord gave us a word during the service. He said, Behold, I make all things new. And I want to just testify that since that time, uh, we've had records of continual fall in the rate of infection, of coronavirus in our city and in our nation. To be very specific, on Friday, the the, the number of infections was 49. On Saturday, it was 30. On Sunday, it was 20. And it's remained about that all week. In fact, on the 7th of April, for the first time since this issue started, we had infections less than 100 in the whole of Australia and uh, if, you know, if I just recall quite correctly on Friday in Victoria we just had 16. God is good. We have a God who answers prayers. Behold he's making all things new. Is making all things new in your life. Is making all things new in my life. Is making all things new in our city. Is making all things new in our state. Is making all things new in our nation. So today we are here to celebrate the one, the only one who has the power to make all things new. Praise God. Uh, let's bow our heads as we just pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to worship you. I want to thank you once again. Today is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you Lord Jesus for resurrection. Thank you for the power of resurrection because resurrection is not just an event. Resurrection is an exchange. Resurrection, something took place on Resurrection Sunday that has impacted humanity forever. It is life changing, it is life redeeming, it is life transforming and we're here today oh, to partake of the release of that resurrection power Heavenly Father I want to thank you for all those who are joined with us even in the city of Melbourne, even in the nation of Australia and beyond this city and beyond this nation and in the nations different nations Canada, US, Nigeria I just want to thank God for everyone that no one will leave or at the end of this broadcast will remain the same there will be a release of your resurrection power that will impart, that will change, that will transform and they will start to live in the power of your resurrection the one, the power that is able to make all things new Father, we just give you praise. We worship you. We adore you. Thank you, wonderful Savior. Thank you, Lord, that we are here today celebrating Easter in spite of the scourge, in spite of the pandemic of COVID-19. Thank God that we can all rejoice together. Thank God that COVID-19 has been defeated, it's been annihilated, it's been dismantled in our city. Father, we give you praise and not just here, in as many years where this, this, this pandemic has been causing devastation. We stand against it once again. We dismantle, we push it back, we send it back to where the whole thing came from. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you have a Bible like mine, the title reads Jesus is crucified. Thank God that he was not just crucified, he rose from the dead. From verse number one, so then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. He took Jesus and scourged him. Does that touch us at all? Or many times is just another text to many believers. To scourge is not to flog. To scourge is not to beat. To scourge is far more devastating than that. Jesus was scourged at the order of Pilate. In those days, whenever scourging is applied, they will take a whip, and at the end of it, you have bones, blades, sharp metals to inflict the greatest damage on the skin on the one who is being scourged. In fact, according to Jewish history, the Jews were not even allowed to apply that. It was a punishment reserved only for the Romans. Because a lot of times, victims of scourging sometimes do not even survive it. The Bible says he was scourged. He was scourged. His back was completely battered. His flesh was ripped open as a result of the scourging. And the Bible says the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. A crown of thorns, kings will wear cr- crown, but a crown of thorns, because in, in, in the crown are uh, what attach thorns to inflict piercing and damage to the head of the one wearing it. So not only was this caught, it was also, they placed a twisted crown of thorns and put it on his head and they put a purple robe on him. Purple is the color of royalty because of the expensive nature of the dye that is always used to make the particular fabric and they put a purple robe on him but meanwhile robe has been battered robe as a result of the beating or the scourging that he's received then they said hail king of the Jews not only was he scourged he was also mocked not only was he mocked he was humiliated and they said, and they struck him with their hands at the account of Matthew. Matthew, in his own account, said they struck him and they asked him, prophesy to us who just hate you. They, 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 they put on him the greatest humiliation and the greatest shame. And the Bible says that Pilate then went out again and said to him, Behold, I'm bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. The one who did not commit any sin, the one who did not commit any fault, had to go through all of that. In fact, this will be the second time that he actually said that. The first time he said that, we find that in John chapter 18, verse number 38, when he mentioned, he announced it very clearly. He made it very clear, he said, I find no fault in him. Yet, he ordered the scourging. Yet, he ordered the beating. Yet, he ordered the flogging, he ordered the devastation even though he found no fault in him. Some have said that he actually did that to try to appease the Jews, that by the time they will see the way he's been battered, by the time they will see the way his flesh has been ripped open, by the time they will see that they will probably just, uh, they will probably just, okay maybe we'll just forget about it, but that did not satisfy them. I'll continue to read. The Bible says, the soldiers twisted a crown, a, a, a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and they put it on him, a purple robe. Then they said, "Here, king of the Jews. Then, Je- then the, the, uh, <clears throat> verse number five, then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said to them, behold the man. He came out. He was presented to the crowd. And Pilate now said, behold the man without knowing it it was speaking very prophetically it was inviting the entire humanity to come and see to come and see the one who came to, to who came so that it could take their place it was saying by that very statement that the son of god <laughs> became the son of man so that sons of men can become the sons of god amen he said, Behold the man. Oh, come and see. It was an announcement that he made to the entire world. Pilate was speaking for God. Pilate was prophesying regarding what he was going through. That this man, even as contemptuous as he was looking. He said, This man, come and see. Humanity, come and see the man who had come to take your place. Behold the man. The sons of God became the son of man. So that sons of men can become the sons of God. But did they receive that? Did they receive that? What was the reaction? The Bible says, let's continue to read. The Bible says, the Jews answered him and said, we have a law. And according to our law, he ought to die. Somebody who came to take their place. Somebody who came to, who came for the purpose of redeeming the sins of humanity. He ought to die because he made himself the son of God. He didn't make himself the son of God. Jesus is the son of God. In fact, Jesus is God the son that became the son of God. Amen. So the sons of men can become sons of God. He didn't make himself. Hallelujah. And today there are still so many who are without the understanding of that. Said, but therefore, when Pilate heard that saying, he was more afraid and went again into the praetorium and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. He did not answer him. Then Pilate said to him, Are you not speaking to me? Don't you know that I have the power to crucify you and the power to release you? And Jesus answered, you could have no power at all against me unless it's been given to you from above. Therefore the one who delivered me to you has the greatest sin. Even in that state, he was so clear-minded. He knew he was was so clear-minded of the assignment that he had come to fulfill. He knew that it was greater than what he was going through. He knew he had a mandate from his father to deliver the entire humanity from the bondage of sin, from the terrible fall that took place place in the garden, he took it beyond what was happening, he took it beyond the pain that was being inflicted to him, he took it beyond Pilate, he said Pilate said don't you know I have the power, he must have looked at Pilate, he said you might, maybe you are the governor but there's something greater happening about this beyond what you can see or what you know, he escalated it, the challenge with many Christians is that we live our lives in the natural, when we go through things we limit limited to just the natural without the understanding that whatever God will allow, that if it was never intended, God would never have allowed it. That there's a greater purpose, there's a greater plan for whatever God will allow you to go through. I will repeat myself maybe you are going through challenges now, maybe we are going through situations now even as a church, oh yes because now practically all over in the nations, in our nation the, the church cannot celebrate the greatest event in its honors, in its calendar. I just saw before coming on here that some people who gathered together in the city of Mississippi in, in the U.S. were sent packing and they were, and, and they were threatened with a fine of $500 if they would not leave. i just saw also that in particular city in the US, the mayor actually declared gathering together on Easter a crime, a crime, a crime, crime, gathering together on Easter. Yes, we're not supposed because of the coronavirus, we have an understanding of what is happening, but I want to announce to us that even regarding coronavirus is far, far greater than whatsoever might be happening. The measures put in place by institutions, by government, by authorities to wash our hands, to observe social distancing. They are good in themselves. Do we appreciate them? We are thankful for that. But that is not the solution to coronavirus. There's something greater. How could something would just come in like that and just go around the world in such a short time, causing devastation, causing destruction, bringing death? There's something greater than what you are seeing. Praise the name of the Lord. This sickness, coronavirus, is from hell. And I'm telling you, the church has the power to take a stand against it. The church has the power to stand against it. That is why no matter what is happening, we must not stop our prayers. We must not stop taking a stand against it. Last weekend, we had a days of praying and fasting and for the very first time you can check it it's a record for the very first time the rate of infection in Victoria fell from for, for the first time fell to 49 and then fell to 30 and then fell to 20 and then it's remained around that ever since but we declare and we declare that in the name of Jesus the same way it came the way it came from we send it back to it the same way it appeared the same way it will disappear in the name of Jesus for the weapons of our warfare are not kind but mighty through God to pulling down strongholds casting down imaginations bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ amen well the power to stop coronavirus thank God for the washing of hands thank God for observing uh, uh, social distancing but we need to go beyond it we need to escalate the merchant of the spirit and take authority over this courage over this pandemic and use the word of God which is the sword of the spirit to dismantle it to annihilate it and declare and therefore again I stand in the place of authority again I stand as a prophet of the living God to declare over you this money I say in Jesus name not even we. be you, I said no pandemic, no plague, no coronavirus, no COVID-19 will come near your dwelling in the name of Jesus. You know what? He said to me this morning, he said go to your study because I would like to speak to you there. And I went again to my study. Oh, I went there with all expectation and anticipation. And he said very, very clear to me, he said I will do great things. I said, wow, thank you, Lord, that you can do great things that no corona can stop you. No corona can stop what you were ordained to do. And then he said to me again, he said, it will spring forth and you will see it. And then he now added, and I said, he said, at the end of the day, you, um, you emerge from this infinitely better than the way you are when it all started. When it all started and something struck me. Something struck me. The Bible says that when Jesus, if the princes of this world had known, they would not even have crucified the Lord of Glory. That coronavirus, God is setting up Satan again to dismantle him, to destroy his works in the life of man. Praise the name of the Lord. I say, praise the name of the Lord. Amen to destroy, to dismantle, I prophesy it over your life I prophesy it over the church family, city of refuge hear the word of the law, nations hear the word of the law that the same way that this coronavirus appeared the same way it will disappear in the name of Jesus Christ that you will emerge better you will get to the other side infinitely better than where you were when it all started at the end of it even corona will regret that he had done or attempted to do what he is actually tried to do because if the priests of this world had not they would not have crucified the glory they would have just left him alone but they did not know in the same way that satan oh, satan also did not know we are appearing better we are getting to the other side better we are finishing this stronger in the name of our lord jesus christ amen Praise God. Jesus said, you have no power against me. Let, 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 let me take you to verse number 14. I'll, I'll, I'll speak some, uh, some, some verses and go to verse 14. Now it was the preparation day of the Passover. And about the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, behold your king. But they cried out, away with him, crucify him. And Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? you know, earlier on. When he said, behold the man, they shouted again, crucify him. They rejected the one who came for them. They rejected the one who came and died for them. Now the Bible says, Pilate now said to them, he said, behold your king. Even though he was still trying to mock him, oh, uh, there's something I, uh, I, I need to say. And I believe it's the Holy Spirit that is just reminding me now. One of the things will happen to you at the end of this is that all shame regarding your life will be taken away. In Jesus, I repeat, I say all shame. Whether there's anywhere where there's been shame in your life because Jesus took the shame. He took the humiliation so that you don't have to take it on again. And also stop using that in your vocabulary. Shame on you. Because Jesus took the shame away. The shame cannot be put on you again. He took the humiliation so that you will not be humiliated. He took everything on him so that you will not have to go through the pain and the devastation again. He shed his blood so that you will not have to spill yours. Amen. Praise God. They cried out, away with him. Away with him. Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? Then the chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar, (laughs) we have no king but Caesar, that's from the chief priests, not from the Romans, not from the Romans, they say we have no king but Caesar, Caesar, the ones with the history of being delivered from Egypt, they have no king but Caesar, how about what happened in Egypt, how about when they were delivered in Egypt, we just read that last week, the plagues that were sent to deliver them so powerfully, they've forgotten that. Sometimes human memory is so fickle and is so short. But because of their envy and their hatred for the one who they thought was taking away their popularity, they were willing to sacrifice him and kill him at all costs. Shall I crucify your king? The chief said, we have the king. Caesar. Then they delivered him to be crucified. So they took Jesus and led him away. And he bearing his cross went out to a place called the place of Skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha. And when they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the center. I will stop there. What began in the garden is now being concluded in the garden. What started in the garden of Eden is now being finalized in the garden of Gethsemane. And God allowed that and God did that so that will eventually return us back to the garden. I'll repeat, what began in the garden of Eden, when man fell, when man lost his place, with God, when man lost his relationship with God, when Satan fell, Satan fell from heaven to earth, when man fell, man fell from dominion, man lost that place of relationship, man lost that place of fellowship, man lost that place of communion, so God eventually took Jesus back to the garden. So that what was lost in the garden can be what? restored in the garden. Let me say this: You know, the garden of Eden, to many of us, just yes, it was a physical place that existed in the Middle East, somewhere in the Middle East, somewhere say it's in Babylon, in, 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 in Iraq, somewhere. There's no doubt about it. The Garden of Eden was a physical garden. But beyond that, Eden also was a place of, was a delightful spot. A place where heaven had access to the earth. A place where man could commune. A place where man was communing and was having fellowship with his creator. All of that was lost when man fell. So Jesus came to restore fellowship. He came to restore relationship. He came to restore communion. You know, with the loss of fellowship, with the loss of communion, with the loss of relationship, Satan took over and started the the devastation, the sickness, the disease, and the onslaught that he released against man. But thank God. The Bible says Jesus was on the center. On either side of him were others who were crucified with him. Can I tell you, can I show you that also, in the garden the bible talks about there were three trees in the garden and there were also three when he died two robbers and Jesus in the center and the bible also talked about three trees in the garden the tree of the tree of with all manners of fruits Blessing to the eyes and the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil with the tree of life Representing Christ standing in the center and the Bible says Jesus here was also here in the center Praise the name of the Lord. There's no accident in scriptures You could see it's called the consistency of scriptures He was in the center and the two others were with him and Jesus was in the center with them. Let me continue to read now Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Then many of the Jews read this title. It was an announcement that Pilate made to the whole world. Because what Jesus what he was going through, what he will eventually go through, is final death on the cross of Calvary. He came to redeem the entire world. The announcement of this event must also be, annu- must also be announced to the whole world. He said, and he wrote there and put it. And many of the Jews read this title. For the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. In fact, it was actually outside of the city. And it was written in Hebrew, it was written in Greek, it was written in Latin. Hebrew, the language of religion, Greek, the language of commerce. And Latin the language of government so it was an announcement made to the religious folks it was an announcement made to those who believe in commerce and also to the government it was an announcement that was made to the entire world (laughs) praise God hallelujah not only that because Latin is the language of government Greek the lingua franca of the Eastern Mediterranean world and Hebrew of course the Jews. For in those three languages it was written there, it was announced to them, Jesus the king or Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. It was announcement made there. I'll continue to read. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments. Verse number, okay, no, no, before, before we get to that, it said, and therefore the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews. But he said, I am the king of the Jews. And Pilate answered what I have written, I have written. He just didn't write it. It was being used by God to make the announcement to the entire world of the event that was actually just take, that was taking place there. And uh, verse number 23. Verse, then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to each soldier a part and also the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam woven from the top in one piece then they said among themselves let us not tear it but cast lots for it whose it shall be and the scripture might be fulfilled for, for which says they divided my garments among them and for clothing they cast my lord. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister. I want to say something here. Listen to me very well. Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother, and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, beloved your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. I remember I was looking at this particular scripture earlier on and I felt a stop in my spirit. In the midst of his pain, hanging on the cross, going through the greatest humiliation ever, Jesus remembered his mother. And I remembered the scripture in Ephesians chapter number six when it says that children obey your parents in the Lord, honor Your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Obey your parents in the Lord. When they are giving you counsel in the Lord, when they are telling you what to do in the Lord, learn to obey them. They're not taking away your, they're not just taking away your fun, they're actually taking away your pain. Jesus looked at his mother. He could have ignored it. But remember, he was doing this as an example for us. Example for us. He looked at John, the disciple. He said, woman, behold your son. And he said to the disciple, behold your mother. He handed over his mother to the disciple. So that henceforth, the disciple will be taking care of her. The next verse in Ephesians 6 says that, You know, he said, uh, honor your father and your mother. What does it mean to honor? To honor means to esteem highly. It doesn't just mean to respect, but to esteem highly. Honor your father and your mother is the first commandment with a promise. It's something that is almost lost in the present generation. When parents are treated anyhow, when fathers and mothers are treated anyhow, Oh yes, no wonder the generation has been exposed to one of the greatest devastation of our time. Oh, because the Bible says there's a promise attached to it. What is the promise? That it may be well with you. If you want to live, if you want to live in prosperously. And not only that, it may be well with you that you may live long on the face of the earth, meaning that you will not die before your time. Meaning that you will live prosperously. If you want to do that, then learn to honor your father and your mother. And not even just your natural parents, honor your spiritual parents too. Don't treat them anyhow. Don't talk to them anyhow. Don't talk about them anyhow. You may think they may not be listening, but God is listening to your discussion. And God who gave the promise is the one that will bring to pass his promise in your life. Honor your parents. Honor your your natural parents. Honor your father, honor your mother. It is the first commandment with a promise attached to it. Jesus showed us the example here. He turned to John, he says he said, "Mother, be he turned to his mother. Mother, behold your son." And he turned to John the disciple, the, the, the disciple, "Son, behold your mother." Handed over his mother. And before he eventually would go ahead and uh, uh, and uh, die on the cross. Verse number 28. After this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished. Isn't quite interesting that the last thing he, had, he did was to hand over his mother to his disciples. And then the disciples also to the mom. All things were now accomplished. That the scripture might be fulfilled, he said. I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there. And they filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on the hyssop and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine he said it is finished. And bowing his head he gave up his spirit. Jesus said it is finished. What exactly? You know this will not be the first time that Jesus actually spoke the words. He spoke this word for the first time in John chapter 17. Maybe we should go there. John 17 from verse number 1. So that I can show you there. Because many times we just felt that this, you know, he didn't just say it for the first time here. He said it before this time. John chapter 17 from verse number 1. He said, These are, this words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes. John chapter 17 from the New King James Version of the Bible. Jesus prays for himself and Jesus spoke the words. Lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son. That your son also may glorify you. What hour? The hour that will eventually go to the cross. The hour that will eventually die on the cross. That the hour where the great transaction will take place on the cross. He said, In Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may also glorify you. And as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to us many. And as you have given him, and this is eternal life, that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on earth. That my life. In my life, I've glorified you. Your name has been magnified in my life. What a confidence. I pray that you'll be able to say that in your own life. That by the time you are departing, you will not depart with fear. Many times people have said, I don't believe in God. I don't care about Jesus, but at the very last hours or minutes of their life, fear will strike their hearts. Fear of where they were going because of not being sure, because of the way they have lived their lives. Jesus said, he declared with boldness. He said, I have glorified you on earth, You and I have finished the work which you have given to me. I pray that you also finish the work that He's given to you. He said, I have finished the work. This will be the first time that Jesus actually mentioned it is finished. Mention it here, it says, I have finished the work that you have given to me. What work did he finish? The work of training the disciples. The work of preparing them after he is gone. Pastors, leaders, you need to listen to me at this time. The people that God has brought to you, God brought them to you so that you can train them, so that you can prepare them to, to fulfill their own destinies. Training involves instruction. Training involves even giving the example. Thank God for celebration in church. Thank God for the dancing. Thank God for the singing. But church is bigger than that. Church has the purpose of God for establishing the church. In fact, the word for church is the word ecclesia. And in Ecclesiastes, talking about people sent, people who have been trained, carrying the language of Rome, carrying the the, 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 the character, the, carrying the the, the the way of life of Rome, now sent to a new territory to impose. Part those territories with the, what they've been by. In the same way you were saved, in the same way you were delivered, in the same way you've been set free. So that now, according to the language of heaven, the character of heaven, you cannot go into this sinking world to start to impart it, to transform it, to change it. Praise the name of the Lord. We can't afford to be an island of prosperity in a sinking sand of poverty. There's a lot of poverty, spiritual poverty around us. What are you doing about it? We are all at home now. What effort are you making to impart maybe your friends, maybe your neighbors, maybe those who are, what are you doing? What are you sharing with them? What are you sharing with them? What are you sharing with them? Jesus said, I have finished the work. I took the tools that you gave me. I've trained them. I've imparted them. I've corrected them. Sometimes training involves correction. Sometimes training involves being told, don't do it this way, do it that way. And then you will receive it. But now, you know so it it could be a challenge in this day because pastors are careful i don't want to see anything that somebody will get angry or get annoyed because they may leave the church you are not training them you are not training them and at the end of the day God will ask you the what you have done with the people that God has given to you you know, we live in a world where it's like, oh, how many people do you have, in, have, have that many times? How many people are in, your, are in your church? How many people are in your church? When well, we boast about that. We want to, oh, and people, you know, many times when they ask you that, it's also an opportunity to let you know that we have a thousand or two thousand or whatever in our church. What are you doing with the thousands in your church? What are, are you training them, Or they're just occupying space? Is their lives being transformed because of their relationship? because of coming to church? Are they receiving the word? Are they learning about Christ? Are they receiving the character of Christ? Is a change coming over them? Coming over them. Jesus said, I finished the work. I've trained them. No wonder he left. And today, we have the gospel still at work. Thousands of years after he departed this world because he trained these men. Because he trained them and they took it by the help of the Holy Spirit, Lord, the gospel has advanced beyond. He trained them. I've said to people in our church, it's important that men and women be trained. Be trained. I'm not against having thousands in church, but are they being trained? Are they being trained? We must train them. We must train them. Train them. And that is why in the situation of coronavirus, you know, <laughs> do you know that uh, the darker the world is, the lighter God wants the church to shine? But if we are not being trained, how do we shine? How do we shine? The Bible says, "Arise, right, shine. My assignment is to call the church to shine arise shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you darkness may cover the earth grass darkness the people but the Lord will arise over you so that his glory will be sh- will be seen in your life it's time for God's glory to be seen in your life it's time for you to arise and to shine and to show forth the glory of the one who called you the one who saved you the one who delivered you the one who transformed your life Jesus said I finished the walk which you have given to me, and let's go back to John chapter nineteen, jo- you know, John chapter nineteen, verse number twenty-five. From verse number twenty-five, John nineteen, and he bearing his cross went out to a place called the place of skull, and uh, which is called yes, okay, from verse twenty. For, yes, now they are still by the cross: Jesus' mother, his mother by his side, the wife of Clopas, Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his home. And after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. And now a vessel of sour wine was sitting there, and he filled his pond with sour wine, and put it on a hyssop, and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Did you notice that he said he gave up his spirit? Not just he died, he gave up his spirit. Me- willingly he, meaning that he willingly what? Gave it up. He willingly g- gave it up. Not that he was, yes, he was hung on the cross. Do you know if he did not do that, he would not have, Jesus would not have died? Because he said earlier on, no one has the power to take his life away from him, that the father has given him the command that only him could lay down his life and then could take it. So he willingly gave it. The point there is this, he willingly surrendered his life in obedience to the father to deliver humanity. His whole life is about his obedience to the Father. His whole life is about the obedience to the counsel of God. And the Bible says it is what finished, finished to sin, finished to devastation of Satan, finished to the works of Satan. It is finished. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. The end of the transaction, the exchange that took place finished to death, life took over death grave was defeated, death was annihilated now we can receive Christ into our life to be our Lord and Savior we can also say to sickness and disease that is why we took our stand against coronavirus last Sunday and we said because Jesus said it was finished where are you coming from again? you cannot show forth your head you cannot show forth in the same way you can still say the same thing whatsoever the enemy wants to put in your body, put in your life. You can say no, no, you can't come here because he announced of the cross. What did he say? It he, is finished. He announced it. You can't come here again. You have no right to come here. We are not the sick looking for healing. We are not the poor looking for riches. We are the here that the enemy is trying to take away our. Our health from us, we are the prosperous that Satan is trying to steal our prosperity because Jesus made this announcement. But can I tell you something? When he said this, when he said this, when he said it was finished, do you know that it was actually just still calling the things that being understood they were? Because the work was not fully accomplished then. <laughs> something else must take place. He gave up. Yielded the spirit, gave up the ghost, but there's something major that will follow. He will now descend into hell. (laughs) The greatest battle was actually to commence. Amen. On the natural, in the surface, yes, he had died, but he was descending to hell to confront Satan. For the first time, for the first time, somebody will enter hell without any personal sin of his own. The Bible says, you know, he he, 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 he entered and of course he remember, he said that Jesus, he pronounced himself to be the light of the world. I believe that when he entered, a light was shining that cannot be dimmed by the darkness of hell. Satan must have been been confounded. Here must have been must have been traumatized. That something is taking place here that they could not comprehend. The Son of God had entered. The one who had no personal sin had entered. Other men he could control. Other men he could he he could he he had. over because of the personal sin. But Jesus was conceived by immaculate conception. He had no personal sin of his own. He did not commit any sin. Even Pilate said, I found no fault in him and when he entered into hell this man was carrying no sin of his and oh be, be, because of that Satan did not have any authority over he couldn't do anything, suddenly he realized wait a minute, oh I have been set off, oh, 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 oh some of the challenges you are facing is a set up. I say it is a set up because he realized I have been set off wait a minute, I thought I defeated him on the cross, but I thought I defeated him, but he didn't realize that if the sin he was carrying was the sin of humanity. Your sin and my sin. Your sin and my sin. Because it was not a personal sin. The enemy could not hold him. Could not, could not hold him because of that. And he entered and I'm sure Psalm 27 expert made that very, very clear to us. In from verse, Psalm 27, from verse number seven. Psalm, Psalm 24, sorry. On verse number seven the Bible says Jesus entered he got there and said lift up your heads all ye gates and be thou lifted up you everlasting doors that the king of glory may come in oh Satan replies who is the king of glory who are you the king of glory and he answered him said the Lord mighty in battle lift up your heads all you gates lift up your heads you everlasting those that the king of glory shall come in who is the king of glory the lord of hosts he is the king of glory he is the one mighty in battle he is the one mighty in battle satan has been defeated death has been put to shame grave has been denied he entered and then collected from him the keys of hell and death so that the enemy will not have the authority to afflict again Collected from him the keys of hell and death and then he went back and the Bible says he rose from the dead. Praise the name of the Lord. He rose victorious from the dead. That is why I told us at the beginning of the service that the resurrection is the greatest event in the history of humanity. The greatest event in Christianity because Jesus did not just die. Jesus rose again if we were to be normal times we'll probably be singing in church hallelujah Jesus is alive death has lost its victory then the grave has been denied Jesus forever is alive He's alive hallelujah Jesus is alive I must have been the dead God I'm not serving a dead God, I'm serving a living God. That is why I'm not. my God is not in my pocket. I don't put my God in my pocket. I'm serving a living God. My God is not by the side of the wall. My God is not by the side of a shop. Many years ago, I was in Singapore. I was there for a particular meeting, for a leadership course, and I went into a particular show. On one side of it, there was this little, there was this little, little idol with, with, with some with some balls there, and they put rice there. and the, And the, and the, and I looked at it. The person must have put his gods on one corner, feeding it with rice. Oh, you! Don't, I don't need to feed my own God with rice. Hallelujah! Praise God. Hallelujah. The Bible says those who worship them. He said they have eyes they cannot see. Don't worship idols. Don't worship idols. The Bible says they have eyes they cannot see. They have ears they cannot hear. They have mouth they cannot talk. Those who what? Those who serve them are like them. Somebody say, but I don't have any idol by the side of my house. I don't have any idol by the side of my bed or in my house. You may not have, but is there an idol in your heart? Is there anything that is in your life? Is there anything that is in your heart that takes that, that is greater than God in your own estimation? Is there anything that you say, oh, yes, I can do. Yes, this is very, very important to me. Or oh, this is this one is far 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 greater than anything. Is there anyone? Also, years ago, I was ministering in in South Africa, and this particular family, this particular lady, was having an e- was having a challenge. At night, the doors of their bedroom would just be opened without anyone walking in, and they would, they would just wake up suddenly from the sleep where they would just ajar. And the husband will go and close the door. And, you know, they, they, they ignore that. And, and then, you know, they'll be watching television, and then the channels will be changing. The channels will be changing. Well, while, let's say that maybe they're watching Channel 9 or Channel 10. Uh, I don't know what is Channel 10, Channel 9 in your own country. But maybe they're watching Channel 7. Which, and then the channel will change by itself to Channel 9. And change by itself to Channel 10. And, and it was something that started really bothering them. The husband still ignored. You know, men, you know, men will just, oh, let's forget about it, it doesn't matter. And then they will change it back again. But it was a bother to the wife. It was a bother to the woman. And then what broke the cameras back was at night, they started hearing like a boxing match on the, on the roof of their bedroom. Boo, 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 boo. At that time, she waited for the husband to go to work, and then she cried out, I was called, and I went there. And uh, she, by the time she explained everything, I asked her, put on the television. And she put on the television. And I said, okay. I said, well, I'll be here. This channel will not change. And she was like, wait a minute. Are you sure? It's been changing all the time. I said, the channel will not change. And I sat there and we were watching it. And it couldn't change. She looked at me. And uh, she looked at me and I said, something is happening here. The channel that will be changing anyhow. But that channel could not change while I was there. And suddenly I look around and I saw in the corner of their home another idol with something there. And I said, oh, wait a minute. You have a problem here. This is the entrance where the enemy has been coming in. But Jesus died for you. You shed this blood. You don't have to be worshipping these idols again. You don't have to have any idol in your heart. The exchange has already taken place. The price has been paid. And I led her to Christ, and I was asking that you need to continue with your relationship. That is why I'm standing here and shouting loud and clear. If you don't know Jesus, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, I'm telling you, you need to take that decision, or else you must be prepared to continue to face crisis even after this pandemic. Uh, Hello, prepare to face crisis after this pandemic. But if you give your life to him today, if you surrender your heart to him today, I'm telling you, then you'll be able to partake in the newness of life. Because he spoke last Sunday, behold, I make all things new. And I want to go ahead and start to pray. But before i do that, it's very, very important for us to realize what Jesus has done. He has set humanity free. You have been set free. Death has lost its victory. Grave has been denied. The exchange took place on the cross. Jesus did not die just for you. Hello, listen to me. Jesus that just for you Jesus died as you when he rose from the dead the entire humanity rose from the dead you have been set free you have been set free from the devastation of hell from the bondage of Satan from lack from want, from sickness from disease and it is not time for them To what for you to take your place so that they can take their place outside of you, your dwelling, in your life. In the name of Jesus. That bondage will not be broken until that rededication. It will not be broken until that rededication. Because the solution is in him. The solution is in your working with him. The solution is in your fellowship with him. Oh yes, you gave your heart to him years back, but you have gone far away. You've become so embedded in other things. You've become so busy with other things. Now, fellowship with him has taken a back seat, but God is asking you to return to him. Bow your heads wherever you may be, in your living room in your bedroom, wherever you are that you're watching this, bow your heads. Heavenly Father, and pray after me. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you because of your word. I've had your word today and I'm responding to your word. I want to thank you for calling me. I want to thank you for your promise to me. You have said in your word that anyone that will call upon you will be saved. Whosoever will come to you you will not cast out. Lord I've come to you today save my heart, save my life in the name of Jesus. I want to thank you thank you Lord Thank you, Lord. I've hearkened to your word. I've listened to your word. And I've responded to you. I've returned to you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. It. Amen. Let me pray for you. As many as partook of that prayers, I want to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people. Thank you so much, O oh Lord my God. Thank you for the power of resurrection on Resurrection Sunday. Thank you so much, O oh Lord, my God, that whatsoever it is, lives that have been estranged from you, whatsoever it is, maybe sickness, maybe disease, whatsoever it is, my Lord and my God, in the name of Jesus, I release the power of resurrection over that situation right now. In Jesus' name. The Bible says, whosoever the Son shall set free, is free indeed. Jesus, the Son of God, sets you free. I say, Jesus, the Son of God, sets you free. And you are free indeed. You are delivered. You are made whole. In the name of Jesus. Sickness and disease is broken. The power of it is broken in your life. In the name of Jesus. And not only that. Oh yes, the Lord becomes your refuge. The Lord becomes your dwelling place. You don't have to be afraid of coronavirus. You don't have to be afraid of COVID-19 because COVID-19 cannot hit anyone. Cannot hit it, doesn't exist in heaven. It doesn't have any place in heaven. You are your your citizenship is first and foremost in heaven from today. And because of that, oh the enemy cannot just afflict you anyhow. All you need to do is take your stand and say, I'm a citizen of heaven. You can't afflict me. Whatsoever Pain, like lack, one, coronavirus, take. Go. Take your flight in Jesus' name. And it will respond to you as you carry that out in faith in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. And for those of us who had the word last Sunday, I told you the word that God gave to me said, Behold, I make all things new. And in our place of prayers, I gave this instruction. And maybe you have not even heard, because you're not here in Melbourne, you're not here in Australia, and uh, you didn't hear that. I gave the instruction, I said, look for something new. Look for something new that becomes a contact point as to take a prophetic action to fully activate that word in your life. Even if you have not heard, you can still be a particular because you're watching this. In the name of Jesus Christ, I speak right now. Stretch forth your hands to me, everyone. I speak right now regarding the word of life and the word of power and the word of grace that God has given to me, even for my generation. I speak over your life right now. I say, in the name of Jesus Christ, anywhere, everywhere, starting from your body, anywhere where there's been pain, anywhere where there's been growth. I speak especially regarding those two, where there's been pain, where there's been growth. In the name of Jesus, I command you pain, be gone! In Jesus name. And speak against growth right now. I said growth in the name of Jesus, you that's why you are called growth. Meaning you are not there in the beginning. And therefore I command you In the name of Jesus, to shrivel, I command you to completely shrivel. In the name of Jesus, I command you, I speak and release over you the power of resurrection. And I command you, in the name of Jesus, be thou taken up and be thou cast into the sea. Be gone in the name of Jesus. The hold is broken. The power is broken in Jesus' name. And I speak also concerning sickness in general. Concerning sickness in general. If you have any sickness in your body, put your hands where it may be. Because the power of resurrection is present this morning. Put your hands where the sickness may be in the name of Jesus Christ. Hmm. Put your hands in Jesus name. Sickness, I bind you in the name of Jesus and I command you to BE GONE in Jesus name. I release the power of resurrection even over that that place in Jesus name. I speak life over it. Sickness is death. Death, the power of death has been broken. Oh, death has been defeated. The power of grave has been broken. I release the power of resurrection over the place now in the name of Jesus. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I'm also praying right now in the name of Jesus Christ. For those of us, you're listening to me. I just sense it. The Lord, you just put that in my heart. Those of you trusting God for the fruit of the womb. You're trusting God for the fruit of the womb. I say in Jesus' name, I speak newness to that womb right now. I want every one of you in every area of your life if you want to say I'm imagining better, infinitely better lift up your two hands to heaven in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm imagining infinitely better in my life, in my business, in my place of work, in whatsoever I do. I'm imagining infinitely better. Hmm. Oh! I'm so confident this morning because death could not hold him captive. Grave could not lay hold on him. Oh, the Bible says, the Bible says he rose from He broke the power of death. He broke the power of the grave. He walked free in the name of Jesus. Coronavirus may affect others. Coronavirus may have whatever effect it may be having. I say in your own life, you are walking free. You are imagining on the other side better. You are imagining on the other side better than the way you started it. In the name of Jesus, I say concerning your life that this will end up as a setup. The same way that the end that the fathers Satan was set up in crucifixion, and the Bible records that if the princes of this world had known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. I say in the same way the enemy will regret and say wow I should have left him alone. I should have left them alone. I say that will be your Lord. That will be your portion because we are partakers of the power of resurrection in the name of Jesus. And I speak right now everything that the enemy has stolen from you, particular investment. You invested in it. You trusted somebody and it was it was mishandled. And then the same person said, Oh, look at it, nothing again. I say, in the name of Jesus, I release the power of resurrection. In Jesus' name. That in the name of Jesus, there'll be a restoration coming over you in that particular place for you. Because of the resurrection power that is being released. God spoke to us at the beginning of this year. That 2020 is our year of restoration. And he said, I will restore the years that can come on in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Restoration is released over you. Resurrection power is released in your life. In the name of Jesus. And finally, I just want to close, but he just kept on giving me more. And finally, there's something I want to give give to you as a take-home package. What is the take-home package? It is called favor. Favor. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Favor. Favor. It's called the favor of God. The favor that makes the difference. The favor that will start to work in your life because of release, increased grace. In the name of Jesus. The favor of God is released over your life right now. I say favor everywhere. Favor for where you go. Oh yes, because there's some of you right now, oh yes, you're going in for an interview, you're going in for a new job because maybe the old job is passed, or maybe they say they're closing that down, and you say, oh, we don't know what is happening because of this coronavirus, oh, we know what is released over your life, fever is your portion, fever is going ahead of you, goodness and mercy is following after you, in Jesus' name. If behold, God is making all things new in your life. He's making your body new. He's making your life new. He's making even your relationship new in the name of Jesus. Because I need to address husband and wife right now. Oh yes, you know, clashes, disagreement, always arguing. Do one person say let's do it, another person is going like this, another person is doing like this, another person is doing like that. Just continuous disagreement, it always continuous fighting, In the name of, you need to stand up the two of you. Because you are there, you are listening to me. You need to stand up two of you right now and raise up your two hands to heaven. Because resurrection power is released over your relationship. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's becoming brand new. You are going to discover the woman you loved and you married. And she's going to discover the man that that she loved and she married. It will be newness. It will be a renewal. It's coming over your relationship right now. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you. Thank you for the assignment you have given to me this morning. I have just concluded it. Thank you so much for things you have done for your people. Thank you for the release of resurrection power. The power with the ability to change, to transform, to renew, to rebuild, to restore. And thank you because that resurrection power is released over us as your people, is released over your church, is released over everyone who has been listening. Thank you Father, the Lord, that this week, that this month, in the name of Jesus, will be the beginning of months for them. In Jesus name, they will be like wow, uh, Even before this thing started, it was not like this. But look at what is happening, even with this one. It's because of the resurrection power that's been released over you. And the favor of God, that is your portion. Father, I just want to thank you. Thank you for doing it for us. We give you all the praise. We give you all the worship. We give you all the adoration. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. I will see you next week, Sunday because I'll start to take you again to four dimensions of church life and I'll show you all how to position yourself, especially what is God saying to us in the midst of this pandemic as we go through. There's no doubt about it. I have no doubt in the name of Jesus that I'll see you at the end of this pandemic. That you you will not be counted as part of the casualty of this pandemic. I will see you at the end of it. I will hear your voice at the end of it. But now we are going through. We are going through it together. I'll be sharing with you peace. I'll be sharing with you things that will empower you to go through triumphantly. To emerge at the other side infinitely better than when the whole thing started. God bless you. I love you. And we'll see you next Sunday. Bye-bye. mm